Snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's the gleam, man. There's a gleam. He's going for Landry down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. Mayfield's got the snap. Looks right, throws right, end zone. Touchdown. Anybody, it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey, everyone. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast presented by the OBR. That is right, kids. I am your host, Andy Lytle. Uh, this is uh, the first episode of the Not the Same Old Browns podcast under the OBR umbrella, the Orange and Brown Report, which most Browns fans will know is one of the leading independently owned public Browns publications out there. Um, I'm excited as can be uh, to take the podcast over there. They're going to not only take the podcast over, but I'm going to be doing, taking on roles as a digital media host and producer, um, hosting live streams and stuff like that. And other projects that involve not the same old Browns podcast. So this is the big announcement that I've been kind of teasing, uh, on Twitter for the last week or so. That is it. Uh, not the same old Browns podcast is officially, under the OBR umbrella, and that is not it, folks. Um, there's another big change to the show, other than we're going to the OBR. As you guys know, I've been rolling solo through 13 episodes. This is episode 14. Uh, I've been rolling solo as a solo host, and those days are over as well. Uh, we now have a co-host on the show, and... He was actually, ironically, my first guest on Not the Same Old Browns podcast in episode one. Stephen Thomas of Browns Daily Mock Draft in the OBR. Stephen, my new co-host. What's going on, sir? Well, I'm a little hurt that I wasn't the big announcement. I'm. I. I you told me I was leading off the show. I mean, this is. <laughs> This is like, you know, if, if anybody's seen episodes, this is like when uh, Matt went on Leno and found out he was the second guest because it, right. it wasn't friends anymore. It was Pox. And, you know, he got all pissy. You're so I, I think I'm going to if I don't get a good uh, green room <laughs> gift basket, I, I might this might be my only co-host episode. It's already in the mail and I sent the wife some flowers and everything, man. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Don't no. make her happy. Then I'm going to have to. And she's got I. <laughs> I've set a level of expectation after 20 years of marriage that I'm comfortable with, and you can't come in and screw it all up. Listen, I'm going to be taking up multiple hours of your time maybe during the week now. She'll so like I want to I want to get her on her good side, okay? Yeah, all you right? already are. If you're giving her time away from me, you're on That's her great true. side That's at this true. point. She loves you. So, That's, yeah. Well, it, it's... it's <laughs> Anyway, it's good to be here to talk football. <laughs> it is. And I tell you, it, it, it's so funny to me, man. Like, uh, I first talked to you about possibly us doing a Browns podcast. I think I DM'd you on Twitter way back in 2014, 2015, when I first got the itch. And, you know, I probably didn't even have time for it then either. And you definitely didn't. Um, and then I did launch this podcast in March. 
and you were my first guest and uh you know it was uh it's kind of serendipitous that somehow it survived yeah somehow it survived <laughs> and you you didn't tank us right out of the gates so that's yeah. good um but here we are and you are now the co-host man this is uh i'm excited because you know i as much as i have enjoyed doing this podcast i have and i've had an absolute blast i mean we've had some cool guests like ken carmen cam justice and, and many many others hayden grove from cleveland.com so many cool guests uh, interesting people in cleveland sports media but i will say it was starting the pressure on me to find an interesting guest every single week after the first one yeah after the first one <laughs> that pressure i'll admit it was starting to get it was starting to get to me so it's a lot of work it is and now the fact that we're bringing you on as the co-host now and that we're going to kind of be teaming up on the show Just together make it worse on you oh absolutely not yeah. that doesn't that doesn't mean we're not going to have guests anymore guys so right we'll continue to have guests but i'm i won't be under the pressure to find one every single week and now that we're with the obr the show is with the obr now we're going to be frequently bringing on uh, other personalities from the OBR, like Lane Atkins, right. who we've already had on the show. Uh, Cody, who I, I think is great. He does the analytics work there. Um, nerd. You know, the, the nerd. Yeah. So <laughs> we have Fred Greetham's there. Uh, there's a whole cast Brad of Stainbook. Yeah, we got Brad. We got a, Browns a, by a, Brad. A, uh, a pretty much ready made reservoir of guests. Yes. Uh, that are tapped in. Uh, no, no stuff. And, uh, and uh, can articulate it in a in an entertaining manner. So yeah, it, it's definitely going to make it. I don't know if easier is the right word, but it's going to make the possibility of just having nothing uh, for a yeah. week. You, remote. Yeah, remote. Exactly. So like a, a day where like just no, there was just no. I couldn't get any interesting guests to come on, or everyone was busy. It just didn't work. Then you and I can just freaking do the show together, and I don't have right. to worry about sitting there for an hour by myself. So thank you for for agreeing to like dude trust me and and join the show dude like i i'm i'm excited to have you because one i mean obviously i think everyone knows you you're a lifelong comedian and you bring that to the table because this show at the end of the day it's not your typical what I, my my whole vision of this show was not to be your typical not to be the same old browns podcast like a, a little different laughs um you know stuff like that and i just know you're a perfect fit uh, to what i want to do with the show and i'm just happy you're here man I, i'm extremely funny you are funny you are you are <laughs> let me ask you this though real <laughs> no let, let me just say this i'm trying to i'm just uh, i've been being a smart ass since you brought me on uh i i'm i'm actually thrilled uh i'm happy um because i i've wanted to uh, be a more regular part of the uh podcast and video cast world uh as far as the obr but I also know that I can't uh, eventually comedy is going to come back in, yeah. in some form. So I will be hitting the road uh, on a semi-frequent basis again. And I, I just don't want to be that guy. We all have that guy yes. either at the office or like what I always liken it to is uh, I used to play, you know, when I was young and could still move in my twenties, I'd play, you know, rec league uh, baseball and basketball and that kind of stuff. And there's that one guy, anybody who's ever done that, there's always that one guy on the team can't show up for practice. Yeah. Shows up for like three games out of 10 and then is, you know, 
pissed off because he's not getting a lot of playing time. Yep. But every week he says, okay, this is the last week. I'll definitely be here next week. And then he leaves you in a lurch. And I never yes. wanted to be that guy. And with my traveling schedule for comedy, it can change at any given moment. Of course. So I never wanted to commit to someone and make a promise and then not be able to keep it. So by being the co-host, whereas, you know, you've said it, uh, my presence will take uh, pressure off of you from yes. my part, me just being the co-host instead of the guy in charge, if, you know, and, and inevitably when I have to travel to, you know, wherever sure. I'm on for a week and, and, you know, I'm on a plane for a day and a half and this and that and everything else, I'm not leaving the site in a lurch because I know you can capably uh, handle it. And yes. the, you know, the, the staff can come on and help for a week. Exactly. And that kind of stuff. Oh, so it, I'm pretty excited about it. Actually. It's going to make it, it. I think easier is actually the, the, the a good word to describe smoother. it. Smoother. Smoother. Yeah. yeah. It's going to make things a lot smoother for me. Cause like you said, yeah, like you said, if you, ha if you have to miss, which I'm sure you're going to sometimes I lame, come on, uh, come on right. with me, Barry, come on, you know, whoever, you know, I got the whole, we got the whole crop of OBR personalities and man, right. there's a bunch of personalities in this, in this place. <laughs> let me tell you all oh, there's, I have never, it is like a bag of jelly beans, man. Like the, the <laughs> I, everyone's like got their certain personality and there's certain traits and there's certain skill sets. And it's, it, I love it. It's a good group of good group of people. And I'm looking forward to getting to work with everyone because here's the thing, guys. Um, one of the bonuses of us going under the OBR taking the, not the same old Browns podcast to the OBR umbrella is right as of late as, or not as of late since the show started, We've been dropping one episode a week, so that's going to continue. You're going to you're going to continue to get your at one episode a week like like you've been listening to. Additionally to that, um, at some point here soon, there will be a video format ver video version of the show on the OBR's YouTube. I still have to work some kinks out right. on some uh, editing Five. software and, and uh, some intro. I don't have that fully set full set go yet but there it, the video version of the podcast will be available on the youtube uh also steven and i are going to be doing this not once but twice a week um i believe the first date is june wednesday june 30th i believe i think is what barry said is when we're going to launch that yes yeah two weeks from this wednesday yeah so two weeks yeah two weeks from this wednesday so on june 30th that's when we'll start dropping two episodes a week. Now, you'll be able to listen to it on the normal podcast platform. However, if you want to see our beautiful faces live, that recording will be live of that second episode every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, I believe is the time, right? Uh, starting June 30th. So Stephen and I will be hosting like a 30, 45 minute uh, show live on the OBR YouTube. So more content so essentially we're going to be dropping two episodes a week guys uh one of them live on the obr's youtube and we're working on other things because i i know a lot of you know some of you don't i'm sure um you know i, I have like over 3500 hours streamed on twitch um so live streaming is kind of very comes very natural to me it's something i have a lot of experience with so i'm going to be myself personally and steven as well actually we're going to be helping out the OBR with a lot of live stream hosting, uh, you know, so I'm going to be doing a lot of that stuff uh, as well. I'm just looking forward to getting started, man. This is pretty exciting for me. Um, 
the fact that I just launched this podcast in March and we're already here. And honestly, guys, we're here because of you guys, the listeners. That's why we're here. Okay. So I always want you guys to know uh, how grateful and how appreciative uh, I am of you for listening and, and, and all the kind words on Twitter and on the Apple podcast review since we started. It truly means a lot. And if not for you, this would not be happening. I would not, the show would not be going to the OBR if it wasn't for you and uh, your loyal listens. So I, I just appreciate you for that. And I just want you, well, you to do, know that. You do good work and you work hard and you're, you know, uh, much like myself, you take the preparation and the work seriously, but not yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, yeah. we're going to have fun doing this. Um, and it's just real quick to touch on something you uh, mentioned earlier. There are, we can't talk about them yet yes. because A, they're not hashed out and B, it's not a hundred percent, but it's pretty close to a hundred percent. But there is going to be a lot more live content coming yes. from the OBR. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm not going to say every night of the week, but yep. it might be every night of the week on, you know, when during the season and, and yes. maybe during draft season and that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of things we have in the works right now. We're still in the planning stage, just trying to figure yes. out the, the the mechanics and machinations of things. But the OBR, um, we, we've got the written content. We've got the coverage. We've got the angles. We've got yes. all that. We've had that for a while. But this past draft season in particular... Uh, sort of opened our eyes to how much more we could be doing live the live draft shows and the live mock drafts that Jake and I did and all that kind of stuff we yes I I gotta be honest when we started them we were like hey this will be fun like we really didn't expect a whole heck of a lot and it just exploded and we were like whoa okay the uh, people want to see this so I mean mean, there's gonna be a lot more Browns fans are freaking nuts, man. They were just, oh, there were thousands <laughs> tailgating at a freaking softball game, Steven. How great a was that? A softball game. <laughs> I know. I The first thing I thought of when I saw that was all the people over the years who have said to me about the mock draft, like, oh, what if they get good? Won't people not be interested anymore? What are you going to do then? And I was like, are you kidding? These are you are, out of your mind? We're crazy. We're sick. There's, there's a sickness involved in being a Browns fan. And there's no known cure. No, so, there isn't. Uh, it's and, great. And it's but not on the way. Is, no, no. <laughs> the CDC my is, not, is not working on that, okay? <laughs> in addition to uh, uh, to Andy and I being here uh, in the audio version of your podcast, yep. we, as, along with everyone else, it's not yeah. going to be just us, but there's yes. a lot more live streaming, live interaction uh, stuff coming from the OBR that's and some of the stuff we're working on, if it works out the way we think it's going to, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm dying. I'm dying I, to, I, to leak it. I, I, I'm dying too. And, and, and to kind of piggyback off that, uh, obviously, guys, we can't talk about to the full extent, full extensively of what we have and what our plans are, because not everything's set in stone yet. But I will say um, when I first and, and first of all, I just want to thank uh, uh, Barry uh, from the OBR and also Lane. Um, Lane, uh, put in a really good word for me and spoke very highly of me. Uh, so I, I appreciate you, Lane, uh, appreciate you both for not only, uh, believing in the show, but, uh, believing in me. So that it really does mean a lot. It really does. But, uh, when Barry and I were talking about me bringing the show over, um, you know, one of the pretty much one of the other, it's not that I'm just bringing over the podcast. That's just honestly one thing. Because of my extensive live streaming experience, um, I felt I could be an asset to the OBR with 
digital media hosting as a digital media host personality. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that stuff too, guys. Um, how and when and where we're not quite sure yet. However, uh, be on the lookout uh, on socials and I'm sure the website, the OBR website, be on the lookout at all those places for announcements about all that. Uh, I have a feeling it's coming. It, it, I think it'll be here sooner than later, Stephen. I think, I think. My guess, I, I mean, there's a lot of things. It's one of those things and everybody, no matter what industry you're in, has this. We think we know how it's going to go. We're pretty sure yeah. most of it's going to go the way we think it is, but we don't <laughs> want to promise anything yet. Of course. Of but course. if you ask me to guess right around camp, when yes. camp opens late July, it, that just feels like maybe a week before, maybe a week after. Don't say, you know, not exactly day one of camp or anything. Sure. But roughly when the actual practices start, uh, there's going to be some exciting stuff coming from the OBR. So what are, what, what, what are some things that, uh, <sighs> that the audience should expect because I, I continue i i still want to have guests on obviously when mm -hmm. we can um i've done some rankings episodes the feedback on that's been fine but i think you and i have talked about this um you know we're, we're in the dead zone of the nfl browns mm -hmm. calendar right now mm -hmm. it's, it's a total dead zone that's why i did last week uh we had some uh some veteran browns twitter brethren come on and rank the browns head coaches since 1999 because it is the dead zone now once we get in the training camp and once we get in the preseason and then once the season starts you and i have talked about this topics and ideas are just handed to you on a silver platter so mm. i'm just like looking forward to getting to that part Right. Yeah. <laughs> this because I, I when I launched the podcast, I purposely and I rushed, man. Like it was kind of, I had decided I was gonna do it like three and a half weeks before I launched. So right. like I was racing to get it launched, and I wanted to get it launched right before free agency hit. So that was you know because we're getting into free agency and Smart. the draft yeah. draft season and. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Now we're in the NFL dead zone. So, but I, I'm looking forward to the season and, and uh, what, uh, any ideas for when the season starts that we could talk about on here? Are they just going to be um, handled to handed to us on a silver platter? Well, I think one thing the, the, your existing listeners can, uh, one different, there's going to be a lot more nudity. Yes. Um, not that there wasn't any before there was plenty. But there's, it's, it, it's going to be just short of an OnlyFans, really, at this point. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, if you look at me, you can completely understand why. Yeah. Uh, the chick, chicks, there's nothing young women on social media enjoy or find sexier than uh, a middle-aged, paunchy, gray-haired, married dad uh, in um, cargo shorts and a flowered shirt. I mean, they're lined up. So, I mean, you know, give the people what they want. That'll be the first thing. We'll be... You know, I'll open. It'll probably be our pre-recorded <laughs> open. It'll be, you know, me on the poll. But um, no, I it's seriously, as far as like you said, once we get to this season, there's not enough time to talk yeah. about everything that there is to talk about. Yeah. I mean, from the games alone, you could do, you know, uh, you know, a post game on Sunday night, and then a look back episode on Monday, and then you know, maybe Tuesday, Jake comes in and breaks down the the all twenty two, you know. 
And yeah. then, you know, Wednesday, you're you're looking forward to next week and you have a writer from, you know, yep. if they're playing the Ravens, you have a writer's guy come on. And then you know, Friday, you're doing predictions with the rest of the staff. If somebody's injured, are they going to play? Are they, there's every yeah. NFL fan. No, there's just it's an overload during this season. There's not enough time no, to talk I, about everything that's going on. But there's now really through not. July. Yeah. Uh, shadow puppets, armpit farts. Um, there's. <laughs> Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, you know, go, go to NFL Twitter and see what people argue, like screaming oh. argue about at this time of year. Oh, dude, go, the, really? That's why <laughs> I had, that's why I had the episode I did last week. Cause I did not want to talk about trading for Julio Jones. I didn't right. want to talk about, uh, Baker Mayfield's contract extension. I didn't want to talk about any of that nonsense. Plenty I, of time. Yeah. There's plenty, there's time and place for that kind of stuff. I figure once the season starts, man. Uh, depending on what the live stream schedule's like, I figured we'll guys will probably Steve and I will probably work this out. But I figured once the season starts, because there really hasn't been a set day that I've dropped episodes. I think if you've noticed, guys, I've dropped them mostly on a Wednesday, uh, sometimes on Tuesday, and then I think the draft preview show I draft I dropped on a Monday, just so it was there all week leading up to that Thursday of the draft. But I, I think what way we'll do it, guys, once the season starts, you know, I think the I think the most interesting way to do it is honestly uh, record the night after the game the, the of the game day, the night of the game day uh, and have that episode drop like the day after each game, I, wh- whether they play on uh, Sundays or Mondays or whenever. Probably that'll probably be when do you think, Stephen, that's the most logical thing to do is drop the episodes the day after? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get with Barry and I'm sure there'll be a, a set schedule that they want. Uh, yeah. You know, this dropped as opposed to, um, you know, Jake will be doing his, uh, you know, Baker breakdowns and, and that yeah. kind of stuff. And Fred will be doing his, you know, game recaps and you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's there's a lot more to the schedule than I knew about yeah. uh, when I joined last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. A reaction episode. Yeah. Like, I mean, hey, we've got plenty of time. Yeah. So. And because, I mean, really once the season starts, I mean, that's really what I think that's what we, you know, people want to hear about. I know as a, as a listener to Brown's content myself, after, during the season, I want to hear about what happened, about, you know, reactions to the game, things about the game, stuff like that. I, I don't, you know, all the other stuff is just whatever, but yeah, so I, I guess, guys, that's that that's pretty much the plan once the season starts. Because obviously, guys, you know, like I never want the show to lose one of my favorite things that that I've been able to accomplish with this show is when we've had on guests like Ken Carmen, like Brittany Mollis, like Cam Justice, Hayden Grove, Mitchell Fink, Jake Burns, and even you, even this guy who's sitting here with me right now. I like that we got to know them a little bit. And I, I like that kind of sitting at the bar, like with friends kind of atmosphere. And you get to hear that from people that you usually don't get to hear them talk like that. So that's, I never want to lose that with this show for sure. However, once the season starts, you know, it's a little different than this time of the year because mm you got to talk. We got to talk. We got to talk about the games. You know I mean? That's the most, that's why we're all Browns fans to watch the freaking games. That's why we're there. Right. So, you know, not that we'll lose that aspect. Um, Like, you know, I'm sure during the season, if we have a guest on uh, talk about the game, I'll still drop the five random ass questions segment on. I'm Sure. sure. Absolutely. Like that, that kind of stuff. 
is not going to change. Really, the only thing that's different is, you know, we're, 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 we're part of a very, very awesome Brown's publication being the Origin Brown Report. And now we have a co-host and Stephen, Stephen Thomas. So that's really the only big changes. I mean, and they're, they're big, significant changes, but they're changes for the better. Not, we're not going to lose anything with what we've accomplished so far. We're only going to get better in gain. So, yeah, I'm just excited to get rolling, dude. I, I still can't believe it. Like, I, I told my dad that about all this. He's more excited than I am. So, because <laughs> so, he watched you guys all during the draft, and he, he listens to Jake's show all the time, and he's like, you're going to be working with all these guys. This is awesome. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool, Pops. It's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. They're good people. So, well, let's talk a little Browns since this is a Browns podcast. You, yeah, sh- should we? Should, sh- should we? I think we I got know. all the announcements out of the way. Guys, I, we, we, we want to tell you more. We just can't. <laughs> right. But well, I think mostly, yeah. and it's not like, you know, it's yeah. a hush hush thing. It's that yeah. it's we not... don't want to promise because we haven't decided on certain Correct. things. Correct. Or worked it out or made Correct. it specific. So we don't want to say, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this, and then the third thing doesn't work out yes. for whatever reason. So it's that's more than, you know, it's not some big state secret or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's you know? not. We're talking football and, and making fart jokes, for God's yeah, sake. It's exactly. not like you know, somebody's stealing our content. And, and right? it's like I said, you know, like I'm not only are we bringing the show over to the OBR, they brought me on to do digital media. The live we, stream stuff is exciting. Li- I'm, live stream I'm stuff. dying to reveal me too. some of that. We can't, <laughs> and, and I know. And and basically, what I will say is, you know, my li- a lot of the listeners, some of you know, some of my experience of what I've done the last three years. And if you know that, then just all I can say is put two and two together. What that could be, right? <laughs> That's all I'll say. But uh, you know, what's funny, dude. I have it. I had you on. I had you and Jeff Lloyd on uh, for the pre-draft show. Mm-hmm. And I actually haven't had you on the show since because one, I was just frick. I had him on twice already. I don't want this dude on again. I don't blame um, you. And I didn't want to have Jeff on again so he could just yell at me about flats and drum wings. Jesus. <laughs> He's from Jersey. They wake up yelling. It's it's like a law, you know? Like, Good morning. Good morning. That, that's it. No know. kidding. <laughs> Through 13 episodes. That is still one of my favorite funniest moments of, any, <laughs> of anything I've done in the show. He just lost it, man. He goes, I don't really have a press preference, but let me tell you something about flats, mother effer. <laughs> Freaking Jeff. I love you, buddy. Um, so I haven't talked to you since, since Jeff ranted about how much flats are better than drums. Um, I haven't talked to you about the draft. I did. I did. However, because this is kind of your thing. It's not kind of your thing. It is really your thing. You're a draft guru. How does it feel to be a draft guru? How do you like when I say that? I don't know. You love I, I'm it. Always you un- love it, don't I'm you? I'm uncomfortable with people because I always, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know how much the it, draft analysis is kind of, it's like golf or poker. No matter how much you study, no matter how much you work at it, you'll never master it. And it, it changes ah. constantly. And so knowing that I don't know things. I like that analogy. Makes me uneasy with people because guru sounds like you know expert or something like that and i never wanted to i you know i'm just a guy that who the hell is stephen thomas my exactly. postman knows more than he does that's exactly you know i i would love to have somebody say they don't know who i am that's that important that'd be great um but yeah i don't know guru is i i, I, I do a lot so, of work on it and i i try to be as intelligent as i can and i, I try to be as 
like I, I, I try to know at least what I'm talking about, but I, I, I'm not that guy that thinks, and there's too many of them in draft world Yeah, that think they, they believe they're a guru. And yeah. if you disagree with them on any prospect, then they just argue and fight and scream. And, and I just, I don't know. I, see, I, I, I knew you draft were, dork. See, That's I knew you I were going to hate that term. That's yeah. partly why I said I know. it. I know. Um, I can see it in your face. <laughs> I'm the worst. I am. I think you're going to need another co-host. I might. <laughs> but you are. You're really good at what you do. Oh, you are. You're excellent. See, that's the thing. That's why. See, that's why I thought you were perfect to join me, because one dude, we have similar sense of humors. I mean, you've been a you've been writing comedy for Jesus since I was probably a, a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I just that those two dynamics is what. The fact that you have that sense of humor, you're a funny guy, you you don't take yourself seriously, but you're also freaking knowledgeable and you work your ass off year round on scouting these prospects and and doing your daily mock drafts and writing about it and all that. So it's a perfect fit, dude. Like you are you're 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 a perfect fit for what I wanted to bring to the show if I ever did get a co. So I'm just thank you for agreeing to be my co-host i am excited about it dude i'm beyond excited. okay i'm beyond excited yeah i can tell you sound like it yeah <laughs> that's it that was, I, uh... that, that was the same uh tone of voice that my wife used on our wedding night yeah, I'm, I'm beyond excited about yeah, this i'm this beyond is, excited about this is great i'm glad to have you aboard <laughs> uh-huh. well let, 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 let's let's do a quick read <laughs> jesus christ let's do a quick uh recap of this draft because uh I don't want to harp too much on the first couple picks because I, I I know you've talked enough, and if anybody wants to know, they can go, you know, find out from your Twitter or your articles. But I I will say I, I watched you guys uh, the OBR draft show on YouTube. That was a blast. Oh gosh, fun. it was. Thank so you much. to everybody who watched that. It it, it was amazing. <laughs> like I said, we had we jake and i were like you know this very well could be you and i sitting around talking to each other for four hours it could be just the two we had before night one i'm not making this up we said if we're having i don't remember what the number was but if we have less than you know 25 people by the time we get you know halfway let's just bail i mean literally we were like we didn't expect we had zero expectations and it was just explosive so to everyone who hung (laughs) with us for three days thank you that was that was amazing. You made it a, a ball. It was, it was a blast. <laughs> it was. It was fun to watch. And like you guys, um, I guess we'll just start from the top. Like you guys, I remember I was watching and I was just pacing around. I was I went over to my dad's and watched it. And I had we had we had I had you on. I brought my laptop over. I had you guys on my laptop with an earpiece in. And we had the uh, NFL network on, on the TV and Man, the way the the board was falling in round one, you know, uh, it, Newsom got by Arizona, uh, he got by uh, Washington, and and it, you know, it just it just kept falling. Like once we got to like nineteen or twenty, you know, th- there was like five, six, seven dudes on the board that any of us would have been totally cool with the Browns taking at twenty six. So l- relive that moment a little bit for me. Were you as surprised as I was that that one? Uh, Newsom fell to 26 and two. Uh, how excited were you that he fell to 26? Uh, not nearly as surprised as the next pick. That was the shocker. Yes. Of, sure. of potentially the entire draft. Really. Agreed. But um, it, it had been narrowed down. If you read between the lines 
and looked at, you know, quote unquote, realistic possibilities of who would be available mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. It, we've been, we had been saying for, <clears throat> excuse me, about a month that Newsom was the guy. Yeah. If he was there, they were going to take him. It was yeah. not only a matchup, a match from all of their analytics standpoints and everything else, but it was at a, a, an impact position of need. So when all that yes. matches up, especially on day one, <clears throat> you just don't, you, you don't pass. It was uh, almost a perfect pick. And like you said, it was, uh, we just could, we must've said it a thousand times. I can't believe the way this is falling. It was I incredible. Cannot, and I think not only, you know, from just specifically Newsom, but from the rest of those guys that fell that were there, it, it sort of played into it because from what we have learned after the fact, uh, AB had several opportunities in the late teens and early twenties, decent offers on the table to move up. But, and I can't say this, you know, hundred percent, but yeah. I guarantee you at least part of it, he did the math. And he said, we've got five guys, there's four picks left or, you know, seven guys, six picks left, whatever. We know at least one of them is going to be there. So I'm going to keep all the rest of my capital. And so uh, it it, honestly, we we have to see how he plays out. But so far he's been, you know, sterlingly impressive according to all the reports, everything they expected of him. But um, it really couldn't have worked out much better on day one. Yeah, because it's funny because you're right about, about Andrew Barry, uh, one thing I was just impressed with was just obviously they just had their bo- their boards mocked perfectly because it showed a lot of discipline not to move up mm-hmm. and and obviously and honestly just intelligence, right? I mean, let's go Poker back to player, Bo- man. Yeah, let's go back to Butch Davis who who moved up one spot and gave up a second round pick for Kellen Winslow. I don't know if you remember that. Get moved up one spot. Unfortunately, I do one spot and gave up a second round pick. Um, so just his discipline in general was just amazing. But I was, I did these cause you know, I've, 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 I've messed with you over the years about this, that you, you got me addicted to these daily mock drafts and these mock machines, man. <laughs> Freaking sorry. Damn it. It's okay. It's fun. But I did, I did one every day for three months leading up to the draft. And I went back and looked, Newsom was at 26, only 25% of those mock drafts I did. So did you kind of see that same kind of close pattern as that? We said, um, looking at it, and again, this was sort of, a, it was such a strange year because of, you know, COVID and everything else. We didn't know uh, how far off the mocks and the media boards were going to be. There was a potential for them to be way different this sure. year. Uh, they're always a little different, but we thought it could be crazy. But looking at it for what we could discern we needed one probably two um weird picks or whatever word you need like out of the box like people who uh, normally in mocks were going you know 35 36 early day two that ended up going ahead we needed that just for the numbers to work and the raiders and the dolphins gave us that yeah um and so once those two picks happened I, I remember texting Jake and going, I think it, I think it's going to happen. I think yeah. he's going to be there. There was like two more spots. Tennessee that, being one of them, I'm sure. Right. Right. And yeah. that was, that was the last hurdle to clear. Well, they, the other thing was, uh, you know, um, uh, hold the, the uh, dolphins taking Phillips, leaving Quiddy pay on the board for the yeah. Colts because the Colts were definitely in, in on corner. If yeah. the edge they didn't like was there. But the and I, you know, Zach Hicks, one of my favorite uh, uh, Colts writers, and he's great draft follow for people out there. Um, I, I he had basically told me ahead of time if somehow Pay is on the board, he's the pick. Okay, write it in Sharpie. Yeah, yeah. he's the guy. 
And but they didn't they really didn't think he was going to be there uh, from what I understood. And I think a lot of us were shocked that he lasted that long. But that was one of the two picks and the Raiders reaching uh, down uh, uh, for their tackle. Yeah, it's uh, 17, eight, wherever they were. I don't remember. It's been a month. And a yeah. Half. Um, once those two happened, once and then it was down to Tennessee, were they going to take be the ones to take the injury risk with Caleb Farley? Right. And it was it was 99% in my head. They were taking Farley or Newsom. So when they took him, that was it. It was yep. there's nobody else in front of him. I mean, I guess the Jaguars, maybe because you never know what they're going to do. And they did make a wild pick right in <laughs> they, front of us. They did. But there was really nobody else that was a corner threat, you know, realistically. Yeah. And so that was pretty much it. We pretty I, I after they took Farley, I would have been shocked if Newsom had not been our pick. Yeah, yeah, and I felt the same way too. Because if you just look at the board and and any reading that you had done up to that point, or any information that you had gathered about those te- few teams left, like Pittsburgh, we knew they weren't taking a corner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it just felt. It well, felt and that's hard- that, that's not to say that there weren't other guys on the board worthy of the pick. Of I mean, had, had they, and this is what's great about the next guy we're going to talk about, had they yeah. taken JOK at 26, I don't think any of us would have been upset. I don't think anybody would no. have been upset about taking him no. at 26. If they had taken Aziz Ojolari or if they had taken sure. Rashad Bateman, if they, you know, yep. I, there was probably six guys mm-hmm. at that moment that we would have been, okay, maybe that wasn't my perfect pick, but I get it and I'm happy with it. Uh, yeah. It just, for me, Newsom was... The, the most data points checked yeah for for a pick at 26 now we talked about it after the show that night and the next day all of us did twitter and, and everybody did you know uh, which of these day one guys is still going one of them's going to fall down into trade range who's it going to be i thought it would have been one of the wide receivers i i mean we mentioned jok because we had to because he's yeah. obviously one of the day one guys but i to be perfectly honest uh, the top of my trade up range was San Francisco at 43. I thought that's where it was going to get interesting. And they did end up trading because they had no, uh, they had yeah. very few picks, which you know made me feel good that I read that correctly, but I didn't think JOK would make it to 43. Yeah. Let alone 52. Yeah. I saw, uh, I think Jake Trotter, uh, uh, yeah, let's move on the day two uh, with the JOK pick. Uh, after JOK was selected, I, I want to say Jake Trotter shared a tweet from ESPN Stats and Info that said that uh, JOK had a one, if I remember, gosh, it's been a while since I read, but it was like a 1% chance to make it to 39, something like that. Right. Something ridiculous. And, oh, yeah. and we get him at what, 52? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was with you guys too, uh, watching that day. That day two was fun. Um, Day two was a lot of fun. One, actually, the whole draft was fun. Um, but as as shocked as we were a little bit, you know, a little surprised that, that Newsom fell to us. Um, how freaking through the roof, through the atmosphere shocked were you that JOK fell to where you Well, were. I mean, I said it on the air that night, and I said it afterwards, and I've said it on several pods since yeah. then. If I had put out a mock within a month of the draft, maybe early, like January, there's some weird stuff in mocks here and there. But if when things start to tighten up that last three weeks to a month, if I had put out a mock that said, we got Greg Newsom at 26 and JOK at 52. You're an idiot. I, the first 20 comments would have been, I, I mean, I would have been roasted. Who the I, hell I, is Stephen Thomas? <laughs> I, I guarantee you. Well, and here's the other thing I said, if I was on a simulator and he was available at 52, 
I would have like, I literally, I'm not making this up. I would have started over. I would have said, this is something's wrong with the, with the algorithm. Something's yeah. wrong. I, I wouldn't have posted it because I know what I would have yeah. got. I would have got hammered and yeah. rightly so. So I, I don't think there's a word for how shocked we all were. Yeah, that makes all of us. And I, and I, mean, I think I, if I you watch the whole world, the whole world was shocked, Stephen. They played it really well. But I think if you look at their facial expressions in the Building the Browns episode, for just from the few clips that they, I, I would love to see the stuff they didn't let go out in the show. But I just know. from the clips they did, you could see on Barry and Stefanski and Joe, where you could see on their faces, they, they were like, believe it. Are you are you shitting? Are you shitting me? Yeah. Are you shitting me? I mean, yes. I guarantee you that was said in that office. I know a hundred times. I know. Day. I know. And I know. you know, from all the reports, and again, it's just OTAs, they're running around in helmets and shorts, but from all reports, <laughs> he has exceeded their expectations to this point from a mental uh, maturity, um, dedication, oh. work ethic, you know, all those intangible things. Every and time I hear this kid raving talk. about him. The, the the one thing that I just, just struck me the first time he spoke and the every time I've hear, heard him spoke since is this dude, this kid seems mature beyond his years, man. Beyond my years. He's yeah, more mature yeah. Than I am. I know, me definitely more mature <laughs> than I am. Shit. Um, so yeah, I it was uh that was a remarkable. I, I just I still I still I still I mean after he got drafted, the the report started to trickle out about the the heart issue and whatnot. Mm. Um, everything you're hearing and everything this is that's not an issue, right? I mean, the Browns yeah. were obviously comfortable with it. Well, as a Notre Dame fan, I and I I've been digging around trying to find where I saw it before, and yeah. maybe I'm misremembering, but I could swear I heard it mentioned somewhere on one of the broadcasts when he was at Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Like it was this thing that they sort of noticed but it wasn't a big deal i i can't remember exactly so i find it extremely hard to believe that nfl teams with the resources and and research that they have at their disposal were like like it some people tried to play it off as like oh they were shocked this just came out the weekend yeah. of the draft and they didn't know and they didn't know that's that that's, i just that's bs i have a hard Come time on. believing that i have a hard time believing now i could be wrong i you know, i don't all, think obviously so. but it, it just it, it feels off. It felt off when I yeah. heard it. It feels off now. I still think the biggest thing, I mean, and maybe there was a team or two here or there that it did play a part in, but I still think the largest reason he fell was he's such a freelance. He's a guy you have to have a specific plan for. You have sure. to know how he's going. And everybody else has to play sound assignment football if you're going to let him do some of the things that i think they're going to let him maybe not as a rookie so much but as he matures in the league they're going to uh, I, I i've said this a couple of times in print i think stylistically kind of in the world that the steelers used to use troy Polamalu. yeah where he was yes i mean obviously he wasn't freelancing that 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 word is not exactly right because you can't do that in the nfl but he was given room to operate within certain parameters i mean he browns fans remember he would yeah he was he, all over, he, he was break all up a pass. over the field man oh, he'd break up a pass 40 yards down the field the next snap he's blitzing from the a gap yeah he gets you're sack. like what yeah. the hell i know you know and i know I think, dude and, and this is not I'm, again i'm not saying i'm not it's not a player comp i'm not saying he is troy polymer sure. i'm not saying he's gonna have that i'm saying stylistically that may be the perfect scenario they envision for his usage eventually once he that, matures beyond being a that rookie. type of impact on the defense right similar impact got it i think 
Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, set it in stone, kids. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steven Hammer Thomas just said yes. JOK <laughs> is the next. <laughs> Pull them Four years from now, make sure to bring this up. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We're going to, we'll just go through this whole draft real quick. It ain't going to take us that long. And then we'll uh, pretty much wrap up this breaking and news announcement episode. Um, Anthony Schwartz, who they got at 91 in the third mm-hmm. round. Um, I saw him on all your mock drafts. Uh, you're, you, you know, your everyone's screenshots on Twitter, yours, Jeff Lloyd, uh, everyone. It, I, Sam Penix, everyone. I, I was seeing everyone talk about Anthony Shorts. Well, y'all were right. The Browns did like him. Um, and I know, I, I think I wanted to say Lane uh, had reported that in the past too. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, did you, I, I will say, was this about right where he went or was it a little early for your liking or were you, were you okay with them taking him at 91 is basically what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it was totally fine. It was yeah. 89, 91 combo and through about 132. 110. Yeah. 110 and 132. Yeah. Yeah. Where he generally went. Um, sure. And we had said numerous times in the lead up to the draft that legit four, two, five speed doesn't make it yeah. out of day two. No. Um, and so right. if, they wanted him this was the start of the range and there was there was it was also a solid spot to take wide receiver for this class sure. you know because uh, they had other needs they absolutely had to address on the defensive side with the earlier draft capital and there was a few guys uh, Almond Ross St. Brown went a few picks later Jalen Darden Tylen yep. Wallace yep. Uh, probably a couple other guys uh, were, early fourth there was actually another good prospect that was on the board that got taken right before them Nico uh, Collins Nico right. Collins yeah do you think if Collins was on the board that that's the direction they would have went or do you think that think they still would have went short well we know from lane that they did a lot of homework on him um and i i again you know i'll I'll give credit to lane moving to the obr this past year has made made my drafts a lot more intelligent because he would (laughs) it's like if i went outside the 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 rails uh he would dm me and be like uh you know this dude you you, you, yeah you're wasting your time like it was was, (laughs) i love it was it was so funny the way he phrased it it was like all right listen you moron you know, uh, but uh, he was very helpful. But I, I don't know if they would have if he had been on the board. Okay. I, I get it. I've heard that, too. Uh, and they, they apparently did like him. But and here's why I think that this front office and this coaching staff has shown over you know 18 months or however long it's been. They have very specific plans for whether it's roster building, whether it's the offensive scheme, whether it's the defensive scheme. It doesn't matter. They have specific plans and they look for guys to fill specific roles i i guess yes. I, I always go back to this and i've said this to you before uh you know i'm not looking for the best players i'm looking for the right ones it's that yes. line from miracle and that doesn't mean you all that you don't want the right players who are the best players what it means is i want a guy with a certain skill set because he does this this and this and that's what we need in the offense and yes so obviously after obj went down last year deep speed i mean they how many guys did they bring in marvin hall and you know name them all the guys they they desperately wanted a deep threat yeah and this guy and he's got stuff to work on but he does that immediately immediately yeah. i mean Wait. is he going to be the in the jet role right out of the gates i this, would think- this new jet player that's taking the nfl by storm I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, whether it will f- unfold that way, I can't say. Sure. But it definitely makes perfect sense because as far as taking on a, a, a larger and more well-rounded wide receiver role, traditional wide receiver role, 
there's a lot of things he's not quite ready yet. He's got sure. some things to work on. Part of that is he's very young. He's only 20 when they drafted him. And he also, because we'll be kind and say inconsistent uh, quarterback play at Auburn sort of limited what the offensive staff down there could let right. him do. Uh, he, his route tree is not very diverse. Yeah. Um, his, his routes are not as sharp as they need to be. I mean, learning how to, those two things from Odell and Jarvis, I mean, oh, really gosh, fall he's... into a much better situation Yeah, <laughs> for a rookie. Those guys are, I mean, especially Jarvis, which yeah, I was just gonna say. people goes, he's exceptionally precise in his routes. Oh, he's one of, so, one of the best route runners out of the slot. And not way, only that, man. learning how to prepare like an NFL player, because yeah. it's not just going out there and giving your all on Sunday. Absolutely. You have to give your all on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday too. And that's the things that his hands can show some inconsistency, all that kind of stuff. But at an absolute minimum, you know you can send him in there and he can do two things for you. One, nine route. Drag, yeah. drag two guys 40 yards deep so that when we dump it off to, to you know, uh, Jarvis 10 yards on the, on the drag or, uh, you know, sure. Kareem out of the backfield or Nick out. Of, think about this. Baker dumping it to Nick Chubb in the backfield when he's got four guys on him and he still made him miss and turned him into 15-yard gains a lot. Think about – Think about Schwartz on the left, Odell on the right, both dragging two guys each 40 yards deep. Then you dump the ball to Chubb, and it's one-on-one with a linebacker. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on. So at minimum, he opens up things underneath. And one of the things, because of the limitations of the quarterback play at Auburn, if you watch his film, one of the things he's already experienced at is that jet sweep. Yes. That orbit motion. And those, you know, some people call them gimmick plays. They're not really gimmicky anymore. In the not NFL. anymore, man. But he already knows the timing and how to do those kinds of things. So I would imagine that and, you know, tunnel screens and like easy yeah. stuff like that. They're gonna hey, man, really at the end of the day, early. I think you'll agree. This was kind of like the only thing that this offense was missing. Really. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. so uh, at the end of the day, they just uh, <laughs> they just added another weapon and need to that offense and not to mention 4.2540. And 4.25 that, speed, Steven. And that two things. One, that's a legit 4.25. Yes. He was, he was on the fastest Olympi- guy in the, the draft. Yeah. Yes. This wasn't, you know, the pro day numbers this year were ridiculous. This no. wasn't that. He's no. legit. But that's not only vertical. A lot of people forget this. That that speed separates horizontally, too. So Absolutely. Imagine, you know, a, a, a a bunch formation to the left and he's on the right. Then they motion him to the left and motion somebody else back sure. the other way to get the matchup that they want. Yep. You know, he's on a linebacker or maybe a strong safety. Absolutely. You send the other guys deep, drag him across. He's going to leave that guy in his dust. Now you've got Baker throwing an easy eight yard pass that turns. <clears throat> you don't have to throw the ball 40 yards in the air. No. To get a 40 yard pass play. And that was this is something guy that he can do. Just with that speed, you get the wrong matchup on this guy, and yeah. it's, he watches film, man. Yeah, he's gone, <laughs> and you can't catch him. So I'm excited. I think that's the minimum. Now, moving forward, obviously, we've all talked about the contracts in the wide receiver room. Sure, and blah blah blah. We don't know. Is he going to develop into a guy who can be a legit number one or number two? That we will only find that out through the natural course of time. But as a minimum, as a rookie. They always say you can't teach you can't teach four two five. No, you absolutely. just can't. <laughs> you know, even if all he does is fifteen snaps a game, okay, you go in and go long. That's, if that's all he does, that's all you need from him. That's rookie, all really. you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you're in. You're exactly right. So you're two different story. Absolutely. 
Now the next pick in round four at uh, one ten. This again, I watched the whole draft with you guys. Um, well, not with you. I was watching you, but uh, I wasn't there. There. Um, this was the first pick <laughs> where you had. That was kind of, unnecessarily creepy. Yeah, it was the way you said bit, that a little bit. <laughs> that I wasn't was, there. That yes. was really creepy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> exactly what i was shooting for stefan all right mm. round four at pick 110 this was the first time that i that uh a browns pick was announced and you had this kind of blank <laughs> look on your face yep. um you, you were surprised i remember you were surprised why were you su- refresh my memory of why you were surprised by the james hudson pick at the time there were just there were a couple of uh, we thought if they were going to go offensive line this was a good range for it but sure. we would thought they were going to go interior strictly interior guys because yeah. they just signed conklin to this big contract he's still very young they top 10 pick on jedrick wills mm-hmm. uh, they've got a ton of backup you know guy they, some of them were hurt last year but they got a ton of backup guys we really didn't think they were going to go tackle now could he end up being a guard that, that might the, be is that the plan i don't know i'm not yeah. sure i can't say yeah. i think but i think the fact that we don't know that he had possibly could play both uh, is part of the reason they took him they like guys with versatility so especially for this year like the offensive line is set for this year for sure next year is a different story they've got yes. multiple questions going forward but this year it's set so really this it being able to provide valuable versatility and be the swing guy at four, was, at, at least four of the five positions. I don't know if he can snap the ball or not, but if at least four of the five, that's a leg up for an offensive lineman. I'm absolutely one of those backup spots. That was going to be but my next question. I was is, surprised. Is, is he going to be competing for the swingman? Uh, I think I'm, I think he'll be given every opportunity, and I think he, at minimum he was security for Chris Hubbard because they're not sure sure about his return yet because yeah. of the knee. Yeah. I think they really like Chris. I love, I really like, he surprised me at how well he played at guard. Um, yeah. I, I was very surprised. Yeah. He did play well at guard. He did. He, he did perfectly yeah. fine. Absolutely. Um, but the reason I was most surprised was, like I said, we were focused on the interior offensive line guys. The only reason I knew who Hudson was at all was because I was a big Aziz Ojolari fan and he yes. got thrown out of the bowl game. And Ojolari just utterly abused his backup. So you could see the difference in talent there. Um, but as far as the pick, I, uh, you know, uh, Jake put out his, his film breakdown and I watched that and I've read, you know, 10 or 15 other, yeah. you know, respected draft people, their breakdowns. And I, uh, I found some all 22 and watched a lot of that. I, I, I like the pick. I, yeah. I, I, I hate to sound like a homer, but I, I he's athletic. <laughs> he fits in the scheme because of his athleticism. You uh, freaking as far homer. As, oh, that's me for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, pass protection and from a you know uh, getting out into space, climbing to the second level, all those buzzword things that you like offensive mm-hmm. linemen to do, especially in this scheme. He Absolutely. seems to do all of them at least at least relatively well. And the chance to get in as a rookie and knock on wood, not be counted on for a huge number of critical snaps and learn for a year from Bill Callahan before they ask you yeah. to do anything important. There's the key perfect fact. spot. Dude, I mean, right. We, we were just talking about Schwartz being in a perfect spot with Landry and OBJ. Yeah. And then you got a young uh, lineman like Hudson who's still kind of raw from everything I've read. Mm-hmm. Going to be perfect with Bill Callahan. Because is it true? I did I read something where Hudson did not give up a single sack in his whole collegiate career? Is that accurate? 
Uh, I saw that too. I, I, I honestly <laughs> didn't care enough to go dig into it yeah. completely, but let's just assume it is because it's yeah. more fun that way. Yeah, it is. I, I, hey, man, if you read it on the internet, it must be true, right? Of course. Now, okay, the next guy. All right. I didn't think this guy would drop this far. He went. We, we got him in round four at 132. Tommy Togiai, defensive tackle uh, out of Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think he'd be here. I really Robbery. didn't. Uh, yeah, I thought he was a day two guy for sure. Third round, you know, uh, that's, mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty much what everything I read and gathered um, was surprised. And uh, as you know, I, I've been beating the beating the drum. Of they needed depth and more players on the interior mm-hmm. defensive mm-hmm. line. And they listened because they've signed like 36 guys in the last six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he's going to be battling. The, the, this is going to be the single biggest competition in training camp, isn't it? Position group wise, the d- interior defensive line. Would you say it's one, if not the biggest, it's got to be one of the biggest because there's just, there's so many dudes in that room that, that supposedly can play and ones that we know can play already. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's a, from a sheer numbers perspective, they're going to keep, depending on what, you know, some people believe four, some people believe five. Five tops, right? And they've got, oh gosh, off the top of my head, I think eight guys that realistically could give you at could, least rotational could. snaps. Absolutely. Um, now I do believe Togi is of uh, the guys who weren't here last year is going to have the first chance. Um, I think he, I think the fourth role is his to lose. He could sure. go as high as three, potentially even two, but if he gets to two, that means something has gone wrong with Andrew Billings or Malik Jackson. And that's probably not a good thing for the Browns. So let's hope he's a rotational guy. Um, but I mean, you look at that interior defensive line group and we're not even going to throw in the edges because from everything no. we saw last year and what we've read in the off season, Garrett Clowney, um, prob- maybe even tack Joe Jackson, these guys, they can move inside and Joe yes. Woods is going to move them inside, yeah. especially Clowney and miles because they'll destroy guards. Well, th- this, should. this whole off season, no matter the position group, it, it to me, it seems it's just Andrew Barry's had two things in mind, speed and versatility, Absolutely. versatility versatility being the key here with uh, a lot of these guys that they've signed in the defensive front or drafted in the defense. Exactly. Front. And, and, you know, Malik Jackson, uh, yeah, probably we, list, he can listed kick as a starter, he can go outside. He but, can, uh, he, he's done it many times. Yeah. So, but between you just Malik Jackson, Andrew Billings, those are your, you know, projected whatever starter means sure. in this defense. And it's, it's going to change week to week. I don't really know if they're, and I know you're a Billings guy. Love him. Uh, um, I hope he balls out in camp because he could be an odd man out. He could be. This is the thing here. Uh, I don't think – I will say this. It would be shocking if Malik Jackson or Andrew Billings didn't make the 53, but I don't think there's anybody in there that's guaranteed. They're as close as it gets. Those two and Jordan Elliott. Because then you've got Jordan Elliott, you've got Tommy Togiai, who we're talking about, Marvin Wilson. Yep. will be given every opportunity to make this roster. And if he doesn't, they will not get, they will not sneak him through waivers. Somebody will uh, uh, snatch him up. Uh, Damian square. People are not talking about him. The guy, I mean, he's not a star. He's not Aaron Donald, but the guy is a solid, solid interior defensive lineman. Then you've got Sheldon day who has a history of being okay. I mean, yeah. he, again, not a sure. star, but he can give you plenty sure. of snaps. And no one on earth knows what we have with Malik McDowell. So yeah. would by all accounts, need four he, of them. everything I've read of times he's been on the field so far that he just looks like just, he's kind of a freak a little bit. Just the uh, talent was always there. It was always between the ears was yeah, the question. Absolutely. Well, so, as it, as I it don't is. know. 
Hopefully he's turned his life around, man. But as far as Togia, yeah, I couldn't believe they got him there. It was a good pick. They needed depth. Now they've got it. They they don't need everybody to ball out. 39 acquisitions between the draft and free agency since since April. So now you think about that interior defensive line, the whole roster really, but especially the IDL room. Assuming health, they're going to be cutting or hopefully trading guys that last week at camp that are going to make take up some significant snaps somewhere yeah, else. Absolutely. They're not, they're not, they're not saying all four of these guys have to play well, or we're screwed. That's the way it's been in the past. Now they only need half. And if they don't, well, you know what? Somebody will want you. We'll get a sixth round pick or a seventh good, round pick. It's or a good position to be in. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. If, if Lord willing that this, uh, the success of the Browns continues. Like I think like you and I think you'll agree with me. Like we've got at least a three to five year window here yep. right now, you know, so if, if, if that continues and that comes to fruition, that three, five-year window, this is going to happen every year. We're, right. we're every training camp. You know, end of tra- problems. Yeah. I mean, every year, the Patriots, they were letting talent go at the end of training camp every year. So get used to it, Browns fans. <laughs> we're not used to this, Steven. Right. What you mean? We're cutting him. What you mean? <laughs> exactly. Damn it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I, I was happy with Togia. I was very pleased with that pick. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh Next was a guy I knew nothing about. I didn't know anything about Tony Fields, the second linebacker out of West Virginia. Is is he a JOK type? Like, like what's his? I thought he would go earlier. The Fields and okay. the guy that went right after him. Um, oh, gosh. Out of Purdue? Can see. No, out uh, of uh, Texas Christian. Um, okay. Another linebacker. Uh, Garrett Wallow was one okay. of my favorites. Ooh, they were I two like of that my name. guys. If they went linebacker early day three which is where i thought both of those guys were going to go they were the two picks and they ended up going back to back at 169 and 170 fields is i've seen people say that because he's very athletic and he's a little undersized and all that kind of stuff but his skill set really isn't the same uh as far as okay. jok okay um i i liked him i'm not sure where he fits that, that um, that's really my question because now, especially nowadays with the linebacker position it's it's kind of changed especially under this drastically yeah you know and and under this scheme and especially joe woods's scheme defensively it, it's even hard for me to keep up what the hell these guys do in the linebacker room so you're right you, it's he's it's not really set in stone yet what role he's going to have if well, any, I mean, God, at the end of the day, it was, it was, take, it was the fifth round, 153rd overall. I mean, he might not even make the team for all we know. Well, that's the thing. If yeah. you're any, be anywhere beyond 150, yeah, y- you better play special teams. Sure. And he definitely has the speed and desire and, yes. and aggressiveness to do that. And I think that's where he's going to make his mark if he makes, because the linebacker room, everybody argued about it for months and months and months, but it's really, it's kind of crowded. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it you is. want to consider JOK in there, okay, that's fine. But uh, Anthony Walker, um, uh, Sione Taki Taki, Malcolm yep. Smith, uh, you know, Mac Wilson is still on the roster at this point. I mean, yep. there's – and they're only going to play except in maybe very specific – Don't forget about packages. Jacob Phillips, man. Oh, Jacob Phillips. Yeah, I think Jacob Gee, Phillips – Who I think is going to be one of the biggest underrated. outbreak. The, oh, have, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he might break out more than anyone on that defense. So, so I mean, most of these guys that I just mentioned aren't guaranteed. I would, I would be surprised if Mal, if Al, um, Anthony Walker doesn't make the fifty-three, but the rest of those guys are absolutely not locks. Yeah, even Cione, even Malcolm. Smith. I think Malcolm Smith was brought back as a security blanket because he played nice last year. He did. He's their best coverage linebacker. I was just going to say thirty-three. He does certain know. things well for them. He's a sure. safety net, I think. In yeah, that you got to, um, you know. He's uh, fields. He's very fast. 
He's super aggressive and his football IQ is really high. He's very, very smart. He diagnoses plays and anticipates things. And so he has an ability in the run game to sift through the trash with his quickness and sure. get to the ball carrier. But because of his size and he's, he's definitely undersized. If he doesn't make it through, if he gets caught up in the snare of one of the offensive linemen, it's mm-hmm. very, very hard for him to shed just because sure. they're just so much bigger than him. You know, and that's just, and, and the size thing happens in his coverage, but he's, he's good in coverage, but his lack of length, there ends up being completions where he's in position just because he's not big enough. They're I, big enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's not to say he can't be a, a really good player in this league because he was an absolute tackling machine at both Arizona and West Virginia, hundreds of tackles every year and sure tackler. When he does get to the ball carrier, he doesn't miss very many. The guy hits the ground a lot. And right. these are smart, young, athletic, aggressive, and technically savvy. These are things that this front office loves. And I'm sure sure that's what they, you know, uh, one of the things, one of the reasons they went after him. But I just don't know where the fit is. Yeah. So if anything, if he does make the roster, obviously it's going to be in a special teams role. That that, that seems to be. Maybe they use him, uh, you know, as depth in the in the safety room. I mean, we've been talking about JOK as more of a safety hybrid. Maybe they see him as. I've been calling him a line safety or a safety backer. Yeah. Maybe they think of, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Maybe they think of fields as you know, somebody <laughs> who can come in and do that kind of stuff. <laughs> after we drafted JOK, after the Browns drafted JOK, I, I will, I, I would be lying if I wasn't laughing at my timeline for the next week straight of people arguing if he's a linebacker oh, yeah. or a safety. Oh gosh. That was, that was, who that cares? Was, oh, <laughs> I do Steven. Cause I want, I want to see people <laughs> argue about it. That's who. All right, this next this next pick. Now, I said the the James Hudson pick. You had this uh, when I was watching live. You you had kind of a blank look for James Hudson. Now, for this pick, it looked like someone was holding a shovel full of dog shit up to your nose when his name was announced. <laughs> um, that would have been in, uh, round five, pick one sixty nine. Richard LeCount out of safety out of Georgia. Yeah, you were not only surprised with this pick, but like I said, it literally looked like someone had a pile of dog shit right 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 beneath your face well i i don't want to <laughs> no and it's nothing against the player okay, yeah it's it's, it's it's not i don't mean to sh- <laughs> i don't no it's just true i'm just saying what i saw now and i know the counts had injuries and that impacted his pro day we've all learned that i right. think you know so um you know but go ahead you have the well I, I think there was two reasons for that one we heard nothing about him like yeah i, I late Everybody they picked or went near where they picked that we thought they might take. Lane had either publicly or privately let me know about all the guy knows. All he knows. He knows. When Lane says something. He's not Le- guessing. Le- Lane came knows. out of nowhere. Is what exactly. You're saying. So yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked. Yeah, I could tell on your face. Look. Second, I just, even before the like, because like you said, what he whatever he read for eight something or something stupid. Yeah, it was some really he was bad. injured yes. that day you watch his tape for 15 seconds you realize he's not a four eight guy <laughs> i mean it's not hard to see he's much i mean he's not a four three he's not a no of course but he ain't a, a 4.85 or whatever yeah. the hell it was you don't play at georgia and uh, you know in the top yeah, of the you, sec at four they're not they're not recruiting you know? four eight safeties in georgia right. definitely not um so yeah <laughs> but even before that i don't know there were just there was you He's were surprised. One of those guys I could that's tell. Kind of solid, now I know. Yeah, but not nothing jumped. Like it right. wasn't. 
there wasn't a lot of his tape that made you go, ooh, you know, or something like that. Uh, It's hard to explain. Now, that being said, as I've studied it and looked at the way they built the roster and everything, I get it, especially at that point in the draft. I get it. There are questions in the safety room, especially after this year and the depth. Uh, We don't know about Grant Delpit's health. We're all hoping for the best, but we don't know. Uh, Ronnie Ronnie Harrison is in the last year of his his contract. contract. And they seem thoroughly unimpressed by Sheldrick Redwine, who was – selected by the previous administration because yes. we all know the issues and depth problems they had in the safety room. Last oh year. gosh. And he still didn't see the field that much. No. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying anything against Sheldrick. No. I, I was intrigued by the pick when they made it, but apparently they're not real thrilled with him. So maybe they're thinking something like that. Like he's, he's depth in the safety room. Um, uh, he, he likes to come and, and it, his game is really weird because he likes to come downhill in the run game. He comes downhill hard, yeah, but he doesn't have the body for it. He, he kind of tries to play yeah, that, what, what, what you would think would be a strong safety role that, that's with what a I would, free safety type body. And so, so it doesn't kind of, I, I don't know where he would fit back Where he there. fits. That was going to be my next question. Is he, is he more of a back end guy? I would think not with a, even, or is he a box? Is he a roaming? Like what, what is his deal? Um, I think honestly, what did he as, do at Georgia did as we, much? Well, he, they, they had him going all over the place. I see uh, at Georgia. Um, but he did. And I will say this as much as he loved, he seems to prefer to play coming downhill and he, while he's not four eight, he doesn't have the deep speed to go sure. man with a guy, you know, 40 yards down the field. I think maybe a, a, a sub package, deep uh, free safety kind of guy in zone because okay. he, he does, he does have good ball skills and anticipation. And when he gets to a ball, he knocked a lot of them down. He, he had, cool. I think gotcha. seven or eight interceptions in his last 12 games or something like that. So um, it, it's not like there's nothing there. I yeah. just thought, and I don't have the board in front of me right now, but I thought there were a few guys on the board at that time that were sure. a better fit. Yeah. Uh, it, but, it, you know, that being said, if I say he was my least favorite pick of the class, he'll be the star. That's just, you know, that's the Hey, goes, perfect. So. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell does Stephen Thomas know? Exactly. Um, who the hell is Stephen Thomas? Um, all right. Last one real quick, and then we'll pretty much wrap up this uh, debut episode of Not the Same Old Browns podcast presented by the OBR. Round six to 11, uh, they took Demetric Felton, wide receiver slash running back out of mm-hmm. UCLA. Uh, yeah, um, he's another one that did not have a good pro day, correct? Correct. Yeah, he was. Oh. I liked him throughout the process, starting as early as last year, because I, I'm a sucker for versatility. I have been for years and sure. can do all kinds of stuff. But then that pro day was just. I, was, I don't know. I don't know it was a thing of over. legends, wasn't it? You know? That's what I heard. That's what I heard, man. Like, <laughs> poor guy. Like I, you feel for the kid. It's terrible. Yeah. It's the biggest day again, of one of the big, biggest days of his life. But again, even after the pro day, I can't, and I, had, I had countless conversations with Jake and other draft folks about this. I go, that just doesn't match the tape. It just does. Yeah, that's so what everyone said. On tape. Yeah. He's elusive. And I, I don't get it. So to get him at 211, I think. I, it's hard to say two, any pick at 211 is a coup, but you know, yeah, it, it was, yeah. it was great uh, value because he does have the versatility to help out in so many areas. First and foremost, the kick return game. I think this is going to be one of the battles of Cam, him and Dearness Johnson, who's going to handle that kick return role because Dearness showed some stuff like in the kick return game that was desperately needed. He did a great job. Sure. He has shown some burst at the end of games coming in and grabbing some carries 
uh, when the other two guys uh, closing out games, you know, he cl- helped close out that Dallas game. Um, and so I like a lot of what Dearness has done and there's a chance they could keep them both, but it seems unlikely to me. Yeah, That's I would say battle so. and not just the return game. It's going to be special teams. I think is going to be the deciding factor, not just the returning, but also who's a, who's a gunner who's willing to go in and be on the, you know, the, the, the punk coverage team or the, the field goal team or, you know, whatever happens to be. And he also could be a guy. I don't think he's big enough to ever take a serious number of like carries because he's, he's undersized. Yeah. But maybe a year or two down the roll, road in, in the role that 27 currently has, you know, six or seven carries and then some pass swing passes and screens and that kind of stuff. And then maybe they, maybe even as early as this year, because of his shiftiness in short areas, maybe they put in a package of gadget plays for him in the red zone. You know, sure. one of those bunch formations, quick pass, pick play, whatever you yeah. want to call it. And all he has to do is make one guy miss and get four yards. And then he's across, he breaks the plane. He's good at that. He's really, yeah. really good at that. So I, you know, again, you picked at 211, there is zero guarantee of a roster spot, but Absolutely. I think he has a really good chance of doing it. I think watching him and Dearness through the summer is going to be very interesting. So it's safe to say he's definitely going to be a running back in the NFL, correct? Uh, I think most I, I likely. Think I don't go, want to say definitely, but I don't think he's going to full-time switch to wide okay. receiver yeah uh but will it be kind of like a role like eric metcalf kind of had back in the day kind of something yeah. you know because they would like they that. would line up uh metcalf hell they'd met they'd, they'd uh line him up on the boundary and the slot you know oh, boy uh, if he played today oh man. are you ain't kidding if i could pick one player from the past a brown's past to play in today's nfl it would be mm. eric metcalf. oh it'd be God. eric metcalf he man. was so exciting Jesus. but felton yeah, I, I think he'll always have RB next to his name, like officially. Yeah, sure. But I think, and early on, I mean, it's very early, and they're, yeah, they're just of trying different kinds of things right now to see what sticks and what doesn't. But I think his usage could be pretty close to 50-50 split. Okay. Um, uh, um, and, and now, again, where? But here's the thing. Where are those <laughs> wide receiver snaps going to come from? They've got too many, like we just said about the IDL guys, they've got so many wide yep. receivers. They they're really do. Or trading, some, unless, you know, barring injuries or whatever, there's gonna, they're going to be cutting or trading at least one or two guys that probably should make the roster. Sure. So I don't know where those slot snaps I got you. talking about are going to come from. I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not sure. Now, maybe he comes in, blows away camp, and, and just takes them and makes them his. There's always somebody at camp that does that kind of thing. They they absolutely just step up and, and grab a roll by the by the throat yeah. and make it their own. And maybe he's that guy. But looking at it on paper, he's got a big he's got a big mountain to climb to get any kind of significant snaps as a rookie out there. Absolutely. Uh, no, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I overall I I I I know you were happy with the draft, obviously. Mm. I don't know how I don't know how a Browns fan could not be a be happy with this draft at the end of the day yes it's on paper they haven't played it down yet but i think i never have a problem with people get i mean i get excited about drafts i mean hell i got excited i i, I thought i was i i got excited when uh when, when the browns uh drafted trent richardson so you know i, mean, <laughs> I think we all did uh, i got excited. safest player in the draft outside of luck <laughs> if you remember yeah that's right that's right well and, i think there's a difference between uh grading a draft and then grading, was he a good pick is a different question than does he turn out to be a good player? I agree. Um, I agree. You know, Sometimes we, nobody knows. Exactly. Three years, from now, three years from now, we will judge the player. But the pick, did they get good value? 
Did they hit positions of need? Did they maximize yes. their picks? Yes. You, you can grade a, gra uh, grade a draft in that manner. You can't then turn around and say, okay, this was a great draft because they're going to be great players. You can't say that. No, of course. But that's different. That's a different yeah. question. That is one thing. Uh, value is, a, is a, I think, uh, a theme of this draft too, especially with the first couple picks. and Value and age. Yeah, yeah, man. It, you guys tell can you, yell at me all you want, and you, know, you did for months about the age guard. Rule, oh, I, I listened. Two drafts. I listened, Stephen, and you couldn't have been more right about that <laughs> age guardrail. You were 100% dead on with that. So Well, they're, uh, you can only go by the results. Yeah. You know, now, could there be an exception years, you know, next year or the, the year? Of course. I don't think that's the thing with analytics. People think it's like this hard and fast, unbreakable. It's not. It, you no. play the odds. Now, there, are there times where you buck the odds? It's sure. unusual, but it happened. I don't think they'll draft a 23 year old player on day one ever. I don't think they will. But once you get into the fifth, sixth, seventh round in years past, especially when the roster is stocked the way it sure. is, could they make an exception for a guy in that? Maybe, yeah, but, absolutely. but they haven't yet. Until So my, my thought is this, until they give me a reason to think the age guard rail isn't hard throughout the entire draft, UDFAs are a different story, but if, until they give me a reason to think they'll draft a 23-year-old, I'm not even going to really look at them in my draft prep yeah. because they, they haven't. Honestly, they haven't. I so far in two years, we, we, I mean, the proof is right there. I mean, yep. that, that, all you need to do is just look at the age of the last two drafts from Andrew Barry. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I, I can't wait for training camp and mini camp, mini camp and training camp and preseason and obviously the season. And then also, I, I just can't wait to you and I and uh, a lot of We're the other staff man. at uh, what's that? <laughs> UI, the rest of the staff, the OBR, uh, diving into some ventures that I think we're going to try to tackle here in the very near future. Um, like you said, nothing set in stone yet, but um, I can't read. I'm just excited to be a part of the OBR. I've always loved everything that you guys have done there. Um, I've gotten to know a handful of you already. That's why it's been an easy transition. All of you guys are, some of you guys are already friends of mine. So it's, I'm just excited, man. And uh, um I didn't put together a five random ass question. So because you're, you're a host, man, you're not a guest. So I'll give you, <laughs> I'll give you this one random ass question. So I told you this, man, I've been, I've been binging the shit out of cheers, bro. Um, <laughs> now it's not, I've seen all every episode of cheers, but dude, it has been since I was a kid. You know what I mean? It's been a mm -hmm. long, long time. Um, I'm on to season four now. Episode five of season four. God, it's, season. it's real, man. Four is, if I'm not mistaken, you're just about, I think season four is the Thanksgiving episode. Which Woody is shows up classic. in season four. Right, right. Because yes. coach passed. Yes. Um, and then I think also late season four is one of my other episodes, uh, Diane Chambers Day. Uh, where they take her to the opera, which is one of my all-time favorites. It's just, <laughs> I laugh so hard. I'll tell you, it, it's pretty amazing to me how funny or how well the humor holds up. Mm. It holds yeah. up. It holds up well. And in some stuff that, you know, it, it maybe hasn't aged the most the or the best, 
it's still I I see why they were doing certain these type of episodes because they were just trying to talk about those issues. See, back then you right. didn't you didn't talk about those issues, but Cheers writers were bold enough to bring those issues to the forefront. Um, so yeah, I've been impressed. So I guess my question is, I got one random one random ass question: <laughs> Coach or Woody? Who do you prefer? Oh well, I mean, Coach is iconic. He is. Um, but Woody, was Woody, Woody turned out to be fantastic. I mean, <laughs> he was so he, good on the he, show, man. He launched, and, and if you would, it's funny, in 1986, 87, when he, he was in the middle of his run, if you had said 20 years from now, he's going to be handling, this guy is going to be handling oh. some of the, the darkest, most complex acting roles out there and, oh. and crushing them. You wouldn't have crushing. believed it. Crushing. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, how can you not like Coach? But... It you know his passing gave us uh, gave us Woody yeah um, and as far as the writers, I mean you're talking about I took a seminar with Ken Levine and David Isaacs a number of years ago oh right on and they are I mean these guys were the head writers on Mash Cheers yep. Frasier and several others but I mean those yep. are three of the best sitcoms of all time if there's yep. ever a Mount Rushmore of sitcom writers they are the first two heads and there is no yep. debate yeah. Also, yeah. Dan O'Shannon, who went on to do, among oh. other things, uh, Modern Family. Uh, and Sam Simon wrote like five, six episodes of Cheers. Oh, it was huge. <laughs> it was huge. The Simpsons? May God rest his soul. But yeah, I mean, hello. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and back then, too, you know, it was three networks and PBS. So yep. you got, I mean, the finale is the second watched most second most watched series finale of all time. You're never in today's market. You're never going to get 90 million people to watch one thing unless it's a live sporting event. That's just Absolutely. not possible because there's too many channels. But back then it was a thing like Thursday Absolutely. night was cheers night, you know? Yes. And I don't know. I, I, and the older I get, I go back and maybe it's a comment on the times um, because, you know, part of Sam and Diane, they were trying to do with his sexist character, what all in the family had done a decade earlier with Archie Bunker right through humor show how that was no longer acceptable because in 1982 we were not that far removed from the Mad Men era no and guys who were the age of Sam Malone at the start of the show had been brought up in that area by men who thought that way sure. and so it was still it's it's kind of hard to imagine in today's society because we know how wrong that kind of stuff is and how you know, demeaning and all that kind of yeah. stuff. At the time, it was a debate. It was a, you know, exactly. Is it, that's it, what so that's, they were. They were exactly. tackling that kind of thing. That's what I meant by what I said earlier about. Right. They brought some topics to the table that a lot of shows didn't bring them to the table the way Cheers was because they, they, Cheers brought to the table. Let's have this discussion of why right. it is wrong or why. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of the things like sometimes I sit and, and Sam will say stuff like especially in the in the early Rebecca years when she was his boss. Yeah. And he will say things to her and I will just go, oh, my God. God. <laughs> That's, but, you know, it, it's a it, it, there was a point to it. They were showing, you know, this is not right and using humor to try and exactly. you know, so that people wouldn't argue and fight and try and illustrate things like that. But you look at it in the context of today and you go. Oh God, that is so wrong. That yeah. is just so sexist, like like beyond oh. sexist. Like oh, absolutely. Fireable. So to be able to play a guy that's that piggish and still find just enough charm to mm -hmm. make him a likable character is tremendous. And even You're beyond right. that- It's good writing. It's good the, writing. Well, the writing was off yeah. the charts. Yeah. But 
you go back and you look, I, she didn't get enough credit at the time, but Shelley Long, Diane was, and still is one of the most annoying characters ever. Ever. And, and, but she drove the conflict and in comedy, there's no comedy without conflict. There's yes. no story without conflict. Yes. And she drove 90% of the conflict. If, if it wasn't for Diane, they were perfectly happy sitting around swilling beer, looking at girls. Th- that's what they had done until <laughs> she showed up. Absolutely. And so she drove the conflict and her performance was so freaking good. Like now She's as an good, older dude. person watching, she should have got way more accolades yeah. than she did because I, as great as everybody else was, and I saw an interview with Ted, during the run. And he said from the first at the callback, they paired the two of them up. Mm-hmm. And he said, the first time we read through it on film, I knew in my head, these other couples weren't getting these roles because we had that thing. Yeah. They had that, that magic that came. And I mean, Ted Danson, for God's sake, one of the best sitcom actors of all time, yeah. but I as much as I love him and I'm not taking anything away from him or the writing or anything of anyone else involved without Shelley long. I don't think my all time favorite show is uh, I don't think cheers is cheers. Yeah. Shelley Long, no, I agree. Honest. And after doing this revisit and everything you just said about Shelly Long, Shelly Long's talents, I forgot shamefully how talented she was and, and is, oh, and so was funny. how great the Diane Chambers character really was on cheers. Now she left on her own volition. Uh, uh, she, uh-huh. she wanted to pursue a movie career. She did like films like money pit with right. Tom Hanks and uh, hello again, uh, didn't really. She had a handful of films she did. Didn't really work out for. Her, but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, her time on Cheers was. Uh, and I'm I'm still there. She's still here in season four. I think she leaves in like she did after five, five. After five, right? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I yeah. and I think uh, season five is one of the most perfect sitcom seasons ever. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I'm binging right through, baby. <laughs> but I, as much as shocking as it was, and they made fun of it in later episodes, and nobody could believe what was going on, and it turned out to probably be not the best career move and all that kind of stuff. But from yeah. the show standpoint, I think her leaving allowed it to go from a six or seven season good show to an 11 season all-time True. classic. True. Because as, as great as they were together, and as much as I love Sam and Diane, and they're still my measuring stick for sitcom couples, Yeah, I think their story in those five seasons had gone up as far, far as, as you can get without yeah. getting silly. Right. It I would have it. gotten really silly if Absolutely. she had stayed maybe one more season. But the, the switch to Rebecca allowed Sam to, re, uh, you know, Ted to reinvent the Sam character. Yeah. Allowed to a, a different dynamic, a more powerful female at sure. least at the beginning. Um, all those kinds of things. So I think, weird is it to say, her leaving was probably pro- a good thing for the show. Yeah. And you know what? It's, uh, I'm sure she, you know, it, she, I'm sure she's doing fine these days. I I, mm-hmm. I hope so. She she was a talent. She I tell you, I forgot this too of how beautiful Shelley Long and Ted Danson were back. Oh, boy. Uh, well, the, yeah. a, a young Ted Danson and a young Shelley Long, beautiful, beautiful people. My goodness, I forgot. Oh, yeah. Ted, I forgot how good looking Ted Danson was. I mean, not that he he's a fine looking gent now, even nowadays, but young Ted Danson. My goodness, that's a sexy um, dude, man. I was talking to a. Uh... <laughs> In my acting class uh, about a year ago, I, there's a lot of, obviously, I'm the old guy in class. They're all 20-somethings. Yeah. And I was talking to the um, one of my actress friends, and she had never seen, you know, she's 24 or something yeah. like that. So she knew Ted from The Good Place. Sure. 
And then she's like, I watch, I started watching Cheers because you talk about it so much. She's like, I, I and I can't remember his char- name, character's name on that show, but boy, I didn't know Mr. Whatever was so yeah. hot. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah right. He and is. Like, and he it was, was weird. It's weird to see because she had also, she had seen Frasier before she saw sure. Cheers. So she sure. never saw a young Kelsey Grammer. She never right. saw a young Newworth. You know, I'm glad I, you brought up Kelsey Grammer. I, that's another one. There's two other actors, and then we'll, we'll get out of here real quick. I forgot how good Kelsey Grammer was. Uh, young, like, I mean, he is great. He was only supposed to be, I think, four to six episodes. Dude, originally. he is so good as the Frasier Crane character yeah. on Cheers. And I watched Frasier. Don't get me wrong. I watched and I'm actually, after I'm done with my binge of Cheers, I'm going on to Frasier. Great show. I, yeah, it's Tremendous great. Show. Seinfeld was always my favorite, but I like all these sitcoms. Mm-hmm. But um, you know who else? I for, Like, again, I just forgot how much... I, I think my favorite character is Carla. I forgot <laughs> how talented Rhea Perlman uh, is and was. My goodness. No. I think she's my favorite character on Cheers, dude. I really do. I, I just, I don't know. She's so funny to me. She's such yeah. a she's such a smart ass. I think the funniest part is if you knowing now, having watched <laughs> it and seen it evolve and everything, you go back to those early episodes, you can see they tried to soften her. Like yeah. she would make these mean comments and then she would sort of smile like, hey, yeah. I was kidding and everything. Yeah. And then by like season three, they were like, no, people nope. see Carla as a bitch. Just go yeah. for it. Just exact, be mean. Exactly. <laughs> She's so good. Yeah. The whole cast is great. I mean, Ratzenberger went. Well, Ratzen- everybody knows this story. I think Ratzenberger originally auditioned for Norm. Yeah, he did. He was not a series regular until season two because yep. he went in and it didn't go well. And before he left the room, he said, uh, and I might be paraphrasing, hey, do you guys have a bar know-it-all? Yeah. And they were like, what are you talking about? And well, in every New England bar I've ever been in, there's a guy that knows everything about everything. Everything. Doesn't know anything. And they were like, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, here, I prepared something. Freaking Cliff got created. For yeah, so, I love it. It's it so, was, I, I just, uh, it's funny because you love the show. And then my, mm-hmm. my co-host of the, uh, Brian of the dead in Santa Carla horror movie podcast. I do. He loves cheers too. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, dude, if I'm going to be co-hosting two podcasts with two friends of mine, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta refer. And again, I've seen every episode of cheers in my life. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have, but it, it's been all of 25, 30 years since I've seen him. So yeah, I'm having a blast revisiting this and oh. I had a blast having the inaugural episode as you as uh one of the hosts helping me out with this in the first inaugural episode under the obr umbrella man it's It's been fun it's going to be interesting to see how many comments are um steven sounded more excited when you were talking about cheers than when we were talking about the draft (laughs) you know i'm sure i believe me you guys don't want to get i'm sure you picked up on this last 10 minutes you don't want to get me started because i will never shut the hell up about about cheers cheers. no i don't (laughs) I, I, I felt I had to, you know, cause I, I've been meaning this to like revisit it. And I just, it's, you know how it is. You put things off, man. But I finally just started and guys it's on Paramount plus, I believe don't, don't, doesn't the OBR offer a free subscription to Paramount plus when you sign yes. up? For the, if you sign up for the annual, you also get Paramount plus for free. Guess yeah. what's on Paramount plus cheers. And I think Frasier too, because the new Frasier show is coming. You know right. that, right? Yeah, the new yeah. the, the, they're they're rebooting Frasier. So, yeah, Cheers is on. Uh, yeah, I'm on. trying to find a way. I'm trying to find a connection to the casting office. 
Uh, yeah. I haven't found one yet. So if anyone out there knows anybody involved in that, yeah. let me know. You got to get on that. Yeah. We got to get on that. <laughs> Holy, you were born to get on that damn show. I'm man. telling you. Jesus. Well, Stephen, this has been, this has been uh, even though this was episode 14 of this podcast is uh, life. Uh, it was episode one, really, for uh, for um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, first first time having a co-host. and uh, Welcome to the OBR, my friend. You've earned it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I really, really do. These last uh, three years of content creation and a lot of stress and a lot of time and a lot of uh, resources put in, whether that's all the equipment. I mean, dude, I own probably $3,500 worth of equipment that I have paid for <laughs> literally paid every cent of this for really from you know streaming on twitch and and, and a, a hell a browns bet help fucking go to this fucking pc i have mm. uh true story yeah i put 200 on the browns to win money line the wild card game nice I, I did and i don't bet a lot i don't i don't bet a lot but i just had a feeling man um but um thanks to everyone for again listeners thank you very much uh for all the support through now 14 episodes uh episode one that that episode where we had steven as a guest that was called the beginning i think the episode the name of this episode is going to be called the beginning part two uh because it is kind of a new beginning um and i I thank you guys so much for the support like i said uh i wouldn't be with the obr if it wasn't for you listeners definitely so i appreciate you guys and steven i appreciate you friend i'm looking forward to uh not only collabing with you on a weekly basis but all the fine folks at the obr and again shout out to uh, barry and and lane uh thanks for bringing me on and uh thanks for believing in me in the show and i can't wait to get to work and i know you it's to you it's like what work what what work are we doing around here but i can't wait to start (laughs) collabing with all these fine people and especially you my friend well, uh, we're looking forward to it. Thank you for your kind words. Uh, mostly it was you. And then I'm just going to glom on to you as I've done with most people in my life. So, uh, but no, I think we're going to have a good time. I think we're going to have fun. Uh, I agree. And, you know, I think in no small part, the fact that this season is going to be so exciting, uh, potentially, God, this is since I was a teenager, this could know, be the but... most fun. So we'll I see, know. Know. but it's going to be a good time. And whatever happens, you and I will make it into. We, we talked and did stuff for years when they were terrible and made it yeah. fun and interesting. Absolutely. So, you know, Absolutely. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out either way. I just know that uh, we've got a heck of a team. I'm still kind of shocked that they brought me on board, but I'm thrilled that they brought you on board to add to the team as well. Yeah, isn't it wild? You, you and I have always just been – if you had told me in 2014 when – I think you and I met on Twitter roughly 2014, 2013. If you had told me back then that, that for the 2021 season with the highest Super Bowl expectations for the Browns, that you and I both would be working for the OBR, <laughs> I would have been, what? Can you believe this shit? What is yeah. happening? This is good stuff, man. Well, well, I'm looking forward to all that. And listeners, uh, be on the lookout for uh, next week's uh, episode. Uh, we'll probably drop that on. I'll get with Steven and recording it, but We'll drop that probably next Monday or Tuesday, probably Tuesday. Then once the season starts, we'll start dropping episodes probably on Monday mornings, the day after games. Um, but, uh, yeah, Stephen, uh, again, I've said it a million times. Thank you, and uh, looking forward to working with you, bud. Go Browns. Go Browns, baby. All right, listeners, let's catch you on the next episode. Hoo, 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 hoo.